Uh, good morning. I'm John Robertson. Y'all come on in. Um, this is my wife, Catherine. This is Monty Collins. This is wife, Tanya. And uh, I think uh, what's really important is to disclose right up front how intimidating it is to be in front of you. So, you know, I, I noticed some of you came in, and please forgive me for kind of uh, mentioning this, but, you know, some of you have your, your printout name tags from, you know, depositing your children. It looks like you have a CVS receipt. You know, it's six and a half feet long. <laughs> and then uh, some of you, you know, are, are, you have one child, maybe. But then we've got the preacher in the room. We, uh, you know, that's intimidating, so worried he's going to talk too much. And then uh, we've got <laughs> life group members that are in the room who, who know us and, you know, are going to call us out because we're, we're posing and uh, so all of that pressure is there, but one of the things we wanted to just kind of point out to you as we start this class is how imperfect we are <laughs> as parents. The issues that you see uh, scrolling on the screen behind us are not topics we're going to discuss in the class. These are simply the topics that we've been through. No joke. This is our list of topics. So. The Collins are parents of four girls, and the Robertsons are parents of four boys. In just a moment, our wives are going to introduce our kids. Uh, but I think our approach to this class is going to be one that's, that's a little bit different for you. Uh, so we're kind of like this guy, and, and Catherine hates these people, especially during this time of year. This is my favorite, Jim Cantiori. I mean, the, the strength that it takes to go out in the storm like this. But I want you to metaphorically think of us as we teach this class, we're your Jim Cantiori, okay? All we're saying to you is not that we're necessarily experts. We're just giving you a report from the storm, okay? That's all we're doing. <laughs> we're just giving you a report from the storm, and we're going to do some crazy things in trying to make sure that you understand that the winds are really strong or the rain is really heavy or there's a clearing coming. Uh, but that's kind of our philosophy. The other thing we want to share with you is kind of what our objectives are for this class. Uh, and, and first, we just want you to know that we're going to try to create a supportive community. That's what we've taught this class once before. It's not going to be the same content. There'll be some similar content, but we're going to approach it with a fresh perspective because, in part, we're having new challenges real time, and so we're going to need your help with those. But it's, it's meant to be a supportive community. We're going to speak very openly about actual experiences. We may name names of our actual children. And what we're going to ask you to do is not unlike the great television show, uh, Get Smart. The cone of silence is going to come down over this class. And we want you to speak openly about your experiences. There are going to be several techniques that we offer you to be able to do that. You'll be able to do that kind of confidentially through some input you're going to have into directing this class. You'll also just be able to do that as you raise your hand. But just know, please be prepared, we're going to speak openly and you may know our children, please don't tell them that we're throwing them under the bus in this fashion, if you don't mind. Uh, the other thing we're going to try to do is facilitate some practical insights. Uh, so just to show you kind of transparency a little bit, uh, one of our children has uh, a therapist, a psychiatrist specifically, and um, uh, because I was having so much trouble parenting this particular son, Catherine encouraged me. Maybe, maybe I was a little bit on edge uh, as well. And she encouraged me to go see the therapist with the objective being, you know, I thought the objective was, you know, I'm going to fix my son, right? That's the thought I had. Well, then I find out 
you know, he's trying to do some of that stuff on me, right? And I'm talking with him, and he's like, uh, let's talk with, about your parenting templates and starts throwing all this stuff. So then I find out that, uh, you know, really it's, it's kind of about me as parenting and, and trying to better understand my son. But we made this agreement, and, and we'll make this agreement with you. I made this agreement with Dr. Clark. I said, look, Greg, if I'm going to come here and pay you to kind of analyze me, I'm not going to come here for an hour and just let you listen to me. That's going to be very unfulfilling based on the way I'm wired. I just ask you, every time we come, give me one practical tip. So we have that agreement now. And it, it, it kind of stretches him a little bit because they're really good at just listening. But we're going to promise to you, we're going to give you at least one practical tip, hopefully every class, but hopefully <laughs> there'll be at least one tip, a takeaway that you have. The other thing we're going to do is through some of the books that we've uh, kind of bathed in and had to study and read uh, as we raise our four, each of us, um, we're going to bring in some professional insights. We'll, we'll share with you kind of some reading lists, but we hope to br bring some of the professionals that we respect into the class. We've done that before. It seemed to have been well received, and it also seemed to really draw a line between the people who are just going through the storm. You know how they flip back to the studio? That's where the hurricane expert is. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the PhD stays in the studio. It's invaluable. So we'll, we'll flip back to the studio on occasion to the PhD. And then lastly, what we promise to do is just pray with each other uh, as we go through this. So we're going to let our wives come up now and introduce our kids and introduce a different input. It's your, yeah, you come on up and do that. What? Go to the next one. Okay. Go for it. Go for it, Tammy. Tell us about your family. Okay. This is way, way out of my comfort zone, so thanks for letting me do this. Um, I'm Tanya Collins, and my oldest is over there. She is Bailey. She is 24, and she is a language art, sixth grade language arts ELL teacher at McMurray Middle School. Um, she, we adopted her when she was just an infant. Um, so yes, we went through fertility issues for a couple of years and then adopted Bailey. And then two years later, we had Shelby. Shelby is 22 and she is an ER nurse at Southern Hills Hospital. And then we have Hannah and Hadley, our twins, two years later. So we had four girls in four years. So yeah. <laughs> um, Hannah, they're juniors at Lipscomb and Hannah is studying abroad right now. She's in London for this semester. And Hadley is in nursing school, just started nursing school. So um, there's my world <laughs> and I'll let Catherine This picture um, was taken this summer at our oldest son's wedding, and it makes us look like we're so together. <laughs> and it's so not the case. I mean, that was I actually got a spray tan for that picture, and it's like, <laughs> it's not me. Um, but we clean up okay, I guess, and can pretend. But our oldest son is there in the middle, Will. He's 23. Uh, he married the lovely Julia Haas from Atlanta, and we're so glad to have a girl in our family, and she's awesome. Um, ben is on the far right that you're looking at. He's a junior at Lipscomb. He's in the, uh, you may have seen him. He, he's been going to another church this year, but for a while he was a keyboard player in the second service, so you may have seen him. Um, Jake on the far left is 6'8". He's um, our tall, tall, tall boy. Uh, right now, he just graduated from 
high school this past spring and uh, is doing a gap semester experience in Costa Rica. You know, he didn't know what he wanted to do. We'll, we'll be addressing all that. Um, and then Hank is to the right of me and he is a sophomore in high school. Um, what we want to do right now, if you want to, we have some index cards and pens. And as we're going through the class today, what we would like for you to do is, if you, if, um, you can do this anonymously. You do not have to put your names on these cards. But we want input from you on how to move forward with this class. What are some of the issues that you all may be facing as a family right now with your teenagers or your younger kids? What are things that you're anticipating? What are you noticing are trends in our culture that you're afraid about? You don't know if you're equipped to parent if you are faced with this type of problem. You saw that scrolling list from our families. We faced some things that I will be honest with you, I never thought I would face. Never thought I would face as a parent. Um, we're still facing some of those things. Um, Talk to me as you're thinking, and again, we'll collect these at the end of class so you don't have to put your name on them. Um, tell me some of the things you're seeing. It may be, may be your niece or nephew. It may be your neighbor's child. Maybe yours. You don't have to disclose who it is. What are some of the things you're seeing that are hard for our, for our parenting skills right now? I'm sitting here because of internet uh, game addiction. If you are sharing a pen as a couple and have an extra, just pass it to the back row if you don't mind. Sorry, we ran out of pens. I will tell you that technology and game addiction has been a huge issue in our family for our third son. And maybe for our fourth son. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> what else? side of, because uh, one of our daughters went through some of this of the bullying side of mm -hmm. setting up websites and things to talk about 
you know, this person and whatever failures I think this person has. So that's a, that's a big deal. So I'm going to play MC just for a moment with, with our team up here. And um, I wish I had one of those Bob Barker really thin microphones, you know, because <laughs> uh, I love those. It's so fragile how he would hold it so low. Uh, but I, I want the team to just talk about this metaphor. We, we talked about this as we were preparing for the class, that parenting is a marathon. So, Monty? Yeah, we, 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 were, we had breakfast yesterday morning. You know, part of this whole sense of it's not just one event that you have to you know, kind of navigate your way through. 
much or a long period of time, and so it requires this marathon mentality of being able to survive. And part of that that we talked about too, and some others can comment is, and at least what I found is, if I'm not healthy, my family can't be healthy. So I have to take, I have to be a part of some of the training. I have to be, I have to discipline my life as far as with prayer and with uh, scripture and solitude and worship and some of these disciplines because I can't survive this marathon without, you know, the integral uh, power of God present in me to be able to offer that to someone else. Otherwise, I'm going to, in one mile or two miles, maybe I make it 12 miles. That's a 26-mile race. And so the only way we survive is, is to, to stay healthy. And the only way for our, you know, our family to survive is for, you know, we have to be healthy first and to be able to provide that health and spiritual health to our kids. Catherine or Tanya, uh, Tanya, what, what um, other ideas do you have about this metaphor of marathon and why it's appropriate? Well, I would say I, I haven't run a marathon, but I've run two halves. And my first half marathon, at mile three, I got separated from my running partner. And I couldn't find her. And it was the longest half marathon because I didn't have anybody I knew with me. And the next half marathon, I made sure, I was like, we are not losing each other. And it went so much better and was so much easier. And so, for as a couple, if you are privileged to still be in relationship with your husband or your wife, being a partnership and being there for each other is so important. If you are a single parent, you've got to have a support system. You've got to have a support group. And I encourage you to get one. Because this is not, parenting is not something that you can do alone very easily. It's, it will be even harder. Can you have anything to add? You, you know, uh, one of the metaphors that you suggested yesterday was the idea uh, of, the, this is changing the metaphor a little bit, but the idea of when you're on an airplane, they give you the safety instructions. I'll share that with class about the mask, remember? Uh, right, and that was still kind of speaking to this idea of, of being healthy, you know, because I, I just came back from a flight from Phoenix, and you know, they have to go through the whole spiel that nobody listens to anymore, and, but you know, the mask drops if the chamber loses compression or whatever, and so, but they always say, you know, you should put the mask on yourself first before you actually put it on to your child so that you can make sure you can help them because if you lose, again, your consciousness, then you can't help anybody. So, I mean, I, that's what I meant by, you know, that we as parents have to start or work our way to a healthy place if we're not here now. Because we have to be able to give that as a gift to our kids. We have to take care of that. And, it may, and our culture says sometimes just give, 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 and our kids are everything. And you can weigh yourself out going in all these places, but what happens to your time? Do you have time where you get to spend, you, where you choose what to do, and, and, and where are you being filled, and all these sorts of things? And to me, you know, we usually give up that place for our kids, but you can't. That's, that was what I learned somewhere along the line, was that I have to be healthy. And that, if that's selfish to take that hour, or that two hours, or some, uh, some time for me, Danny uh, used to, when we had, we had four kids under the age of four, as, I think our only requirement for this class of teaching is that we have four girls. That's it. I don't, 
There's no other. <laughs> we have nothing else to offer. But, but you know, I was, of course, working, running the business, and she, she was taking care of four kids, and I would get home, and she'd be like, here, I'm out of here. You know, I got to go because I'm going crazy. And, but that was what she needed to survive. And, you know, it maybe it sounds, I thought it sounded a little bad at the time. <laughs> what about me? But, uh, but she needed that to get her. It was so crazy. Our life, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and twins. Oh, my goodness. We took, we had to take shifts because our kids never slept. I mean, so I was from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., and she was 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. And we don't remember anything about those days, but... <laughs> But that was, you know, part of what I was even learning then was that I have, she has to be healthy, and we have to help each other through that, and especially not just physically, but spiritually healthy, um, in order to to survive. So there, we want to offer you guys some some anchors within this class that we believe are really important. Dave mentioned how you know sometimes through social media and the memes and things, <clears throat> it's so easy in our culture to be sarcastic or critical, or the metaphorical armchair quarterback. And we want to just suggest to you some kind of anchor level philosophies that, that we have. And one of these is the idea of legacy. And I know it doesn't seem this way right now, especially you know with hearing newborns in the room. But here's the thing we just got, from our perspective, we just got to encourage you about. And that is, you're not raising children. You're raising adults. Begin with the end in mind. You're raising adults. And so to be very personal with you, this is a shot of Will with the first dance with Julia this summer, our oldest. And he's looking into her eyes and he's towering over her. And suddenly as a dad, you're asking yourself, did we do it? Is he ready? Now, just to kind of break the ice a little bit, to show you how at moments along the way you're still asking that, when we loaded up Will, our first for college, we had to get an admissions test on the way to Birmingham to take him to Sanford. To get his car all properly, you know, sanctioned and licensed and credentialed, we had to stop and get an admissions test. So I took him and Catherine was in the other car that was loaded and we go to the admissions testing place down by Gateway Tire in Franklin. And we go in the, 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 the female tech comes over to the window and she says to Will, what's the odometer reading? Now this, he's about to be a freshman in college. She says, what's the odometer reading? I'm not joking. This was the body language of Will. He looks up at the sticker. The, you know the sticker I'm talking about, right? And he starts reading her the sticker. <laughs> the oil change. The oil change. Right. You know what I'm talking about. The oil change sticker. He thinks the sticker is the odometer. <laughs> We're taking him to college. <laughs> He's going to try to sustain himself. Crying about my firstborn leaving and going, what did we not teach him? What have we still got to do? I, mean, we, we need to, I, I just feel like we need to tell him some other things. And John calls me and he goes, I just figured out what we didn't teach him. I'm taking care of it. <laughs> there are those moments along the way. But I, I think the most important thing we could just encourage you with is at this moment, <laughs> metaphorically in your children's lives, at this moment, the fact that they didn't make the eighth grade basketball team is really unimportant. At this moment, what's really important is have they established some values that will navigate them through their adult lives 
what does their personal faith look like? It, it just suddenly, all the things, the tyranny, the urgent that you're dealing with, that we're dealing with, wash away when you start thinking about the fact that, again, please accept our kind of limerick here, but you're not raising children. You're raising adults. They just happen to be children right now. You had some insight, money. you want to talk about, uh, about some of the studying or reading you've done. Okay. Uh, you know, just trying to think about, you know, this class, and I uh, was had just read through the Psalms, and I was just kind of like, well, maybe the next thing is Proverbs, and so I started reading Proverbs, and I started reading it from a different point of view, not just wisdom in a sense for me. You know, because I felt like that's the way I read it in the past. But how do I look at this as wisdom to leave for my children? And so, and in fact, um, I actually need to read this. One, early on, it says, you know, this instruction is from me, in a sense, dad to a son. And I thought, well, here's some really good, really good advice, you know, in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to be spending, where are my glasses now? A year and a half ago, we did this. I didn't realize the reading now I do, so that's how much it's changed. It's a little change for I know, I need that. But I just wanted to read just the first few verses of Proverbs because it kind of sets the, uh, the standard. And what we're going to do a little bit is, is, you know, we're not preaching or teaching through Proverbs, but we're going to use it as a backdrop for really some of the values and themes and things like that that we think uh, that we that are important that we can share. But the first few verses just say this the proverbs of solomon son of david king of israel for attaining wisdom and discipline for understanding words of insight for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life doing what is right and just and fair for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the young let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And here's to me is the key in this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so, you know, as we start this class, and for me, it's about, well, I, I also, I spent some time just kind of taking a lot of the themes that were... Uh, mentioned over and over again and so you know if you're these are just some of the key points and we're not going to talk about them right now but just some of the things that like if we're looking as a parent to what do I what values do I want to steal my kids I mean so much of it is in the book of Proverbs so I, I only bring this up as much as anything just to encourage maybe to spend some time while we're in this class too to, to spend some time in Proverbs spend some time looking at the wisdom literature that says you know how do you if I'm asking myself, what do I want to instill in my child? Well, how, how am I going to talk, or what am I going to say about wealth? I mean, this is a wealthy community. And there's so much that's said about money and wealth and, you know, about work, diligent versus lazy people, about, you know, justice. Justice is a big word that we throw around today, and, and it's, there's so much in there. It's amazing about, about treating people fairly and thinking about the poor and, and those sorts of things, things that we really want to talk to our kids about. So 
uh, I'm just encouraging that we spend a little bit of time there. But, but that principle, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. That respect, that awe, that, the fact that that's God's place to give this as eternal type values, that's where it starts. It doesn't start from our culture. It doesn't start from the Oprah Winfrey show. It starts from the fear of the Lord, respect of the Lord. So, and these are just some, like I said, some of the eternal values. Good. Yeah. One of the other anchors that we want to provide you with, I, I remember vividly, we, uh, Catherine and I have tried to, we don't always do this well, but we've tried to at least once a year take a, a, a getaway, even if it's just a driving getaway as a couple to, to renew. And, and I remember when we listened to these cassette tapes, that's how old we are, cassette tapes, uh, when we were driving in a rental car, it happened to be a VW bug, and we went to Nova Scotia, Canada, because we lived in Houston at the time, it was so freaking hot in Houston that we had to get away. And so we went to Nova Scotia, and we were listening to this, these tapes, and the, the, uh, the writers of these, the Ezos, start with that same thing about the fear of the Lord. And, but, but they had a principle in that book that we want to share with you as a foundation of this. And we just, we, we, the four of us wholeheartedly believe this. Our culture has a mixed-up view of the family unit, and this is not our original information. It's from the Essos that the children are the center of the family. And what the ESO says is that what Scripture tells you is, no, what, what in reality is the parent, or the parents, if you're, if you're still together, are the center of the family. And that starting there is really important. In fact, uh, going further from that, if those lines blur, you can really get in trouble uh, Catherine's been reading this book that, that was advised of us, and, and I think I have the name of it here somewhere. Uh, but the, what's it called? Parallel Process. Yeah, <laughs> Parallel Process. It's here somewhere. The Parallel Process. And it just talks about the fact that if you're not careful, if your identity as a couple or as a parent gets so meshed with your child, said differently, if you're into being a helicopter parent, what happens is, with that end goal in mind of raising a healthy adult, we can't raise someone who can struggle through their own problems. And, and, and it begins with this metaphor we said of the marathon, with the couple being the center of the family. That's what's so critical. So think about that as a, as a core value, is that the couple or the parent uh, is the center of, of the family. The other thing that, that the Ezos say is the fact that this is about values and not behavior. So, you know, some of you, as you were listing the things that go on the board, were alluding to this. But uh, don't think of raising your children as an auditor. Don't think of that. Think of raising your children kind of as a coach. You're trying to get them to make the decisions that are appropriate for the game time situations. That's what, that's what our goal is. And so it's not about compliant behavior. And so the reason that's so important is because if they haven't yet, they're going to disappoint you dramatically. And they're going to offend you in ways that you never believed possible. With some of this, like, oh my gosh, you know, they're not living out the values that we thought. You know, we, we kind of drew the line here. And, and so this becomes particularly complicating in our culture here as a derivative of the, what was the original churches of Christ 
we're kind of into compliant behavior, right, by nature. That's kind of the way we were raised, conservatively. And so when your child breaks those, those uh, values that you grew up being a part of, you're going to have to decide now how you're going to deal with that. And what we would just humbly suggest to you is think about now, number one, the unconditional love. And then number two, the fact that it's about values, not behavior. So the way this plays out in our family is um, uh, we're asleep uh, in the middle of the night, and Ben comes down and taps on the bed. I can't remember how old he was. He's like 14 or 15. Mom and Dad, you got to help me. you got to help me. What's happening? Somehow on Facebook, he's just got a Facebook account, I have befriended bikini babes. Facebook page, and I don't know how to unfriend them, and now all my friends can see that I've befriended the king babes. That is the G version of what would happen subsequently in terms of the choices. Hank would call us from uh, Impactor Camp this year. I guess it was camp. Sorry, I'm, I'm naming names. Uh, uh, and said, you know, the theme was the Lord's Prayer, and the confession was a part of that, and he said, you know, I just want you to know I'm struggling with pornography. And so what Rubio has taught us to do is, number one, like horses, they smell fear. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't, don't, don't go. Don't do that. <laughs> keep, your, keep it together and say, it's okay. I've struggled with that same thing. Let's talk about it. We forgive you. We don't, we don't embrace the behavior. We forgive you. But that unconditional love is really important. And then lastly the idea of community, and this is two-pronged for you. And if there, is, if there is one thing that you drive out of this class with, uh, and, and Bailey said this to you, right? How did she say this to you? Uh, yeah, we had a... You take more time. Yeah, do it. No, you got it. Sorry about that. Against you. Um, when I, that, that time I was just talking about earlier when I was kind of thinking about Proverbs and I was sitting out, or I was sitting out on my desk, my deck, my desk, my deck, and just, you know, beautiful weather and my daughter comes out and, and Bailey's our oldest and she's the one that comes out and, and, and we'll probably tell you a whole lot more about her as, as it goes on because really she was, of our children, at least during those teenage years, she was the most problematic by far. Uh, very rebellious. There's all kinds of issues. Um, we didn't know if we would survive that one, but we did. And so, anyway, you know, now you know, go forward a little bit, which I always think is a great story because there's always hope. Whatever you're in, I can show you my daughter and say we're going to work through it because we couldn't have been at a worse place. And now she's actually, you know, for a year just living with us to get she's. She's a teacher. She's studying for a master's. She, we have this great relationship now. But anyway, um, so she sits down and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm studying Proverbs. I'm thinking about this parenting class, and I'm wondering what I have any idea what we're going to I don't have any idea right now what we're going to do, so I'm just trying to think about it. Said, she, she asked me, she says, well, would you like for me to tell, tell you what I think you all did right? Well, sure. I heard a lot. <laughs> I heard a lot about what I didn't do right. So, I mean, through those years, and and maybe I'll speak to more of this. But one of these was one. Of, it was really important to her is that we surrounded her and our family with 
mature uh, <coughs> Christians, other people, youth ministers. We always had people over, you know, uh, even our small groups, that sort of thing. So because there's that, there's that day that comes, and, and hopefully it doesn't come to you, but it probably, there's a day that comes where they won't listen to you. There's a moment in time where they may not listen to you, even though, but they might listen to some of these other people that you've put into her life, that you've built relationships with over this, this whole time where they can speak into her life when you have no voice, when you don't have, you know, you want someone to say, it's going to be okay, but, you know, it, it, you know, we just didn't have that voice. And we had a youth leader, and we had you know, a number of people that she did, and she just remembers that, that we just always had people around and she could go to them and then she could reason with them without it being emotional. And they could reason with her. And so to me, that was one of the, one of the big things that came out of, um, of that discussion. Do you yeah. want me to do any more of those or are you going to finish? Yeah. No, I think, I think we... So I think what we end on here, first of all, I just want to remind you, you have those cards. Remember, your assignment was to write a topic that you think we should cover in this class. So uh, we'll, how about just passing those and the pens on up front, if you don't mind. But, you know, the, the uh, or to the aisle, that's great, too. Um, I think what we're trying to do with this class is foster the sense of community at our level but then we also encourage you, just as Monty was saying in reflecting on the conversation with Bailey, is think about a sense of community for your children. Uh, Otter Creek provides that pretty well, right? With the covenant groups, uh, the younger kids are called the home groups, I think. Uh, you know, I know this sounds like we're a commercial for, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid here, but we are. We are a commercial for that because it is in those moments that you surround themselves with a community that is, again, kind of pointing them in that right direction, pointing them toward the values that they'll need later in life. So thanks for being here. Hope you'll come back. <laughs>